0: Recently, Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, sat down with Tina Ramirez, the president and founder of an organization called Hardwired. They talked about the young people of our country and how they need to be brought up to speed concerning the religious freedom issues we all face. Their conversation was candid and revealing. If you have young people in your life, you may want to point them in the direction of this organization. The interview was conducted in the studios of the Three Angels Broadcasting Network. Here's Lincoln Steed with Tina Ramirez. Let's listen.
1: I know you have a burden to communicate religious freedom principles, not just all over the world, but here in the United States and to young people. Uh, You know, what can you say about programs that you have to try to educate that way?
2: So Hardwired is an organization that provides education and training around the world to establish leadership in countries where religious freedom is most at risk for this human right. And in the United States, when we first got started as an organization, we saw a really unique need that younger generations weren't really aware of this human right or why it was valuable. And in particular, in my travels across the country to different universities and different youth groups, I found that a lot of students weren't aware of the challenges here in America or the history in America of religious freedom or of really what's going on around the world that yeah. is putting this freedom at risk for others and for them here.
1: And why do you think it's so? I mean, that's a, it's an obvious reality. You could talk to any number of people involved in the field and they all agree that the young people don't really understand it. They're just indifferent, largely.
2: So what we found is that a lot of the issues that they would typically hear about religious freedom are certain conservative issues that traditionally just been with things that they don't care about, whether it's prayer in the public schools, it's an issue that kind of you know it happened 50 years ago but yeah. it's not necessarily something that concerns them today unless it affects like a coach you know wanting to pray with his football team or something but for the most part it's it's not a big issue that faces them their views are changing on a lot of other social issues, and so the more conservative traditional religious freedom issues just don't yeah. fall in line with their views of the world. But in addition, they are more concerned with other social injustices around the world. The new generation they, right. do
1: want social justice, is my right. question. Right,
2: right. So, I mean, I think some of the big issues that we've seen lately are the issues over racial equality or or gender equality and ending sexual harassment or alleviating poverty. Those are some big ones, but also mm-hmm. trafficking and ending the trafficking of Women and children, or other injustices that you see in the world. I mean, there's so many, we can name the gamut of them. But these are just some of the major ones that we see that are really drawing the attention of a lot of people. So,
1: how have you been able to involve? The young people then pick up on that particular type of concern. How can that be related to the principle of religious liberty?
2: So Hardwired defends the fundamental human right to freedom of thought, conscience, religion, or belief for all people. This is Article 18 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And it really is a foundational human right for having the conscience to even determine what rights should be human rights or not, to have a moral compass, really.
1: What was the genesis of that U.N. Declaration? Where did that come from? Do you know who was the author of that and what
2: source did right. they acknowledge? No, that's a great, a great question because I think it sheds light on why this freedom is so important. The Universal Declaration was written in 1948. And when it was written, it was written in the context of the Holocaust and the Second World War, which there were tens of millions of people murdered. So Eleanor Roosevelt was a major author and promoter of the declaration, but really the the main author of the declaration itself were two gentlemen, Rene Kassan was very involved. And then when it came to Article 18, Charles Malik, an Arab Christian. And so you had involvement from all the different countries, but they were really very involved in the writing. When you look at Article 18, you look at what happened in the Holocaust, you realize that one of the things that they wanted to do, and in the preamble to the Universal Declaration, that it says that this declaration was written to recognize the inherent human dignity of all people, and to ensure that human dignity is respected for all people. It has many rights that are recognized that are really essential. First, freedom, so the freedom of conscience. If people don't have a conscience, if they don't have the freedom of belief, We end up with situations like the Holocaust where they're just simply exterminated because of their beliefs being different, being unacceptable, being whatever the government in power at the time determines they are. And I think, you know, post-Holocaust at the Nuremberg Trials, when Nazi Germany tried to defend itself and say, well, look, we did all this in line with our own laws, Justice Roberts and the others said, it doesn't matter if you did it in line with your laws, there's a law above the law. And ultimately, that's what the Universal Declaration reflects, is that there is a law above the law, a law in the conscience of man that dictates that certain things are simply wrong. And,
1: they, and those laws uh, were floated on the idea that these were less than fully human, not, yeah. not true humans. And
2: true. so when you look at human rights, right, that they, they weren't fully human because of their religion or because of their yeah. beliefs, which is you know crazy to think that we would look at people that way too. And I
1: don't want to derail you. In fact, this will, but I have to insert this. I've read some articles lately that point out Plain facts that Nazi Germany before the war, when they were developing these laws, they sent the lawyers to the U.S. and they particularly studied the miscegenation laws of the U.S. They said that this was their model.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not that we were doing those things, but we had a structure, legal structure in place that they took and then turned it in a toxic direction.
2: These ideas were being shared between different countries too. That's
1: true. And, and, yeah. and what I would say is, well, as, you know, slavery goes back much further, but in the modern context it was uh, eugenics that fed all of this and that was a global phenomenon.
2: Young people obviously care about a lot of these injustices in the world and at at the core of so much injustice in the world is really a violation of the freedom of conscience for so many people so that they can't live with the dignity. So obviously they're being trafficked in the tens of millions so you've got 40 to 60 million people as refugees in the world you've got 10-20 million trafficked you've got amazing. I mean just amazing numbers of people that are living in horrific Conditions where they're denied their most basic human rights. One of the statistics that really shocks a lot of young people is to realize that 79% of the world's population, eight out of 10 people, live in countries where there is absolutely no freedom of conscience. And so the very freedom that they have to express their beliefs, as anti-religious as those expressions might be, or to be artistic, or to fight for justice, their conscientious frustrations with injustice in the world, It is not allowed, it's not permitted for eight out of 10 people in the world. And so I think that's really shocking when they would not be able to be who they are, express who they are, live out who they are in 80% of the world. That's pretty shocking.
1: Uh, After 9-11, I remember reading an article where they quoted from an article in Le Monde magazine speaking about 9-11, and it says, we have reached the point with the idea of freedom So uh, relatively recent and new is in the process of disappearing from our consciousness. Mm. And that's, when you say eight out of 10, right, that's a horrible figure. But even the 20% is really a historical anomaly if you go back in the majority of prior history. uh, It's only really in the last few hundred years that this idea of human self-determinism and the right of the individual and conscience on on a larger scale. Has been given any rights? So we've got to fight harder. we'll drift back into the dark ages. Literally, I think.
2: Right. I mean, we had a period of individual rights. You know, since the Magna Carta, we've been moving that direction. Well, that was, you, you know, can and trace
1: the, it to the beginning of right, it, but that was not a good time. No, no, us. no.
2: <laughs> but you can trace it from yeah. this this deter- yeah. the rights of man and rising right. up into the 1800s. A big movement Absolutely. for that. But, but right now, you know, ten years ago, and we've said this before. Ten years ago, the Pew Research Center said that 67 percent of the world's population yeah. lived in countries where there was egregious violations or repression of this freedom of conscience. Now it's 79% just in 10 years. So in 10 years, we've had this trajectory that's not good for human conscience, Mm -hmm. human freedom. And for young people today, one of the things that we recognize is that to maintain your convictions about all this injustice in the world, you have to have the freedom of conscience. And if we don't make a stand today, you will not have the freedom to do that in the future. And so we at Hardwired have started a campaign called Journey for Freedom to help young people recognize Mm. and have real conversations about what that freedom means for them and for people around the world.
1: I like the idea because a journey. (laughs) It's something moving. It's not a static thing. It needs to develop in a positive direction, right?
2: We're inviting young people and communities across the country to join us to challenge themselves every month to take one step closer to understanding what freedom of conscience and religion is and how they can defend it for others. So to become essentially ambassadors for this freedom in their communities so that we can preserve it for others.
1: And how are you connecting with the young people in the communities, through churches and and social organizations?
2: You can go to Hardwired's website at hardwiredglobal.org. And on the homepage is the Campaign Journey for Freedom. And they can download a map And anyone, whether they're in a church, youth group, or on their college campus, at home, in their schools, Uh, you know, you could have entire schools doing this, but you can download a map and then you map out your journey and every month you get a new challenge when you sign up. And so uh, we're in step eight now. We're celebrating Martin Luther King's birthday and this idea of honor a hero for religious freedom. So there are a lot Mm -hmm. of heroes of religious freedom around the world, whether it's Thomas Jefferson or, you know, Patrick Henry or whoever it might be in the world, Mahatma Gandhi, I don't know. So, We are celebrating heroes this month, but you can do any of the 18 challenge steps any time between now and December.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no question that heroic figures can inspire. I I, I wrote an editorial once about the great man theory of history, which I used to subscribe to more than now. And you can't dismiss the great men, but it takes a lot of men and women responding to make the difference, doesn't it? It
2: does, it does. It takes takes a ripple effect. So one person can start that ripple, but you want lots of voices to really create that encore. So in the journey every month, there's a different challenge and we have 18 challenges, which reflects Article 18. So we're trying to make this a year where we will really start to have real conversations about religious freedom Hardwired is establishing representatives on college campuses across the country to do this. We have church youth groups doing it. So anyone that wants to do the journey, they just sign up online or get in touch with us if they want to do something bigger. And then at the end of the year, our goal is to bring the students that have become these ambassadors for freedom over the course of the year, as well as people in their community that they've engaged that may not have really thought about it before, together in Washington, D.C., where we can bring leaders from around the world that from all different perspectives, are advocating for religious freedom to really celebrate that this is for everybody. It's universal. It's global, and it's yeah. something that we need a younger generation that's going to stand in the gap for.
1: Now you're doing a wonderful work, and and uh, so the future is bright, right? You see that young people are going to respond. Yeah, in I a think that, way. I
2: think that the time is now for younger generations to really see that that freedom of conscience is one of the most important justice issues that they have because without it, without the freedom of conscience, they can't fight for anything else. And it's so intertwined with all the other um, concerns that they have in the world. So we're excited. We hope that they will sign up and join the campaign and, and join us in Washington in December so that we can together have a united front.
1: There's a spiritual reality that evil lingers and will one day reveal itself fully, but why not? when we're talking about religious liberty, realize that we're journeying toward a fuller knowledge of what God has created in each of us, a yearning toward the freedom to worship and to understand the divine in a way that's uninhibited and unrestricted by other human beings.
0: Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, talking with Tina Ramirez, president and founder of Hardwired. Their website is www.hardwiredglobal.com. I also suggest that you check out the magazine's website at www.libertymagazine.org. Read the articles, subscribe for yourself or someone you believe would benefit from understanding the issues addressed in its pages, and listen to these radio programs at your leisure. Lots of resources at libertymagazine.org. Until next time, this is Charles Mills inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258, or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today.